Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pixel Perfect Podcast. I'm Paige. I am Aaron. And we are continuing on our zombie shenanigans for the month because if you weren't sick of COVID, then <laughs> you're definitely going to be sick of zombies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we picked this, but you know, it's been know. a good month, so it's yeah. whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And we promise we're not going to rag so hard like we did last episode because we picked a movie we actually liked. <laughs> yes. No, and it was funny because I, I mean, I kind of already knew I didn't like Double Tap, um, but I didn't know I didn't like the original Zombieland, so it was a bit of a surprise that it got so negative. Yeah, we were like, oops, we hate everything. Yep. So, sorry. But not today. Today we'll make not up today. for it. We'll have good yeah. vibes. And we will do our best to not completely butcher the names the entire <sighs> goddamn time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I wrote them all down and I we're just we're gonna do our best and we apologize in advance for any butchering of names. Yeah. I mean so. I, I feel like South Oh, Korean we're doing names, Train to Busan. Yeah. I feel like South <laughs> Korean names are a little at least like I I I don't know. They're a little bit more straightforward. Like a, what I don't know what the word is, them like sounding like what they are written phonetic. out as. Yeah, yeah, they're they're more phonetic than some other yeah. cultures, so yeah, so, but we'll we'll see. But yes, we're doing Train to Busan, which we haven't actually Train said yet. Train to Busan, which is an epic zombie movie. Yes, it's a very very good zombie movie, and apparently has a sequel that came out last year that we did not know about until it was too late to actually watch it for this episode, which tells you, a, how much U.S. marketing mm. and promotion it got. And B, 2020 was a hellscape for movies anyway, so I'm not even sure it really mattered. Though, interesting fun fact, it did make, like... It did well, right? Actually, no. I mean, not compared to to the first one, but compared to its budget. Not compared to the first one. Um, It had a $16 million budget, and it made $35 million worldwide. So it only made twice as much. I thought I had 40. Where did I get 40? I don't know. I'm making shit up. I think it's coming to Netflix soon too, so we can always maybe check it it's out. It's also on Amazon for only nine nine cents, and I already purchased it because I watched the trailer today and oh, it looked really badass. That's smart. I think I'm definitely gonna do that because I also found out today that there's an animated prequel that I'm definitely gonna watch. I did not know that at all. Yeah, it's all about how like the outbreak first starts and like oh, just like a bunch that. of chaos, and it's it's like an hour and a half long animated feature prequel movie. It's called um, Soul Station. Okay. I believe it's also on Amazon. Okay. I just wrote that down because I'm gonna go I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> Zombie movies um, galore. Yep. So but yes, uh this is a, a South Korean film um directed by Sang Ho Yeon. It's it's Yun, like I believe. I think it's Song Ho Yun. Okay. She's gonna be better. That's what the I. YouTube video I watched said <laughs> Okay. Was it the YouTube video I sent you? No, it was a different one. Because that guy also okay. was like, I apologize for mispronouncing Yeah, I was just going to say. I'm not he... going to trust him. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, okay. So, yeah, it came out 2016. Which I didn't know. I, I When did we watch it originally? 2019. Yeah, and I was under the impression it was only like a year old at that point. It Yeah, it's... it's I feel like 
it reads like a 2000, like 18, 19 movie. It kind of does. Rather than 2016. Yeah. The same way like Zombieland we talked about is such a 2009 movie. This movie <laughs> reads like a later movie. Yeah, it kind of does. And I, th- I think it's because of the coloring and the themes and the, like the way it's uh, like the it's filmmaking, mm-hmm. like the way it utilizes film language yeah. is very ahead of its time. I can agree with that for sure. And plus like South Korea and countries like that, like Japan and stuff are, are ahead of us technologically too. So like it are like compared to what we see, it's like, Oh yeah, that looks like current. Yeah. It's, it's actually one of the most depressing things is, is that the U S doesn't really take in foreign movies very well. Mm. Um, Like Parasite, I think was the most successful movie that we've, yeah, that was like groundbreaking um, for it to even get the attention it got in the U.S. Anyway. Yes, in the U.S. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's U.S. kind of just isn't very good at non-U.S. movies because we believe that we make the best shit mm-hmm. and no one can possibly touch us. That is so true, and this is true across the board. And we for are literally wrong. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're very wrong. <laughs> I mean, we make some good movies, but we also make some crap movies. And yeah, I mean, that's just movies across the board. But, you know, yeah, there's good and there's bad movies. But still, we tend to believe that our shit smells better. For sure. Like I that review video you sent me, he was comparing it to World War Z a lot because that was like our last big zombie blockbuster. Yeah. And for me, I've seen that movie. I could not tell you what happens in it i remember nothing i remember being bored to death watching it i I have no recollection of my experience in that movie but i like train to busan stuck with me and i remember thinking wow this is like a really good zombie movie well train to busan has an emotional core that to my understanding world war z does not have and it's interesting there's a video by Lindsay ellis about uh the transformer movies and why you don't remember what happens in the transformer movies and it's basically, it's because of the filmmaking. So if you have a bunch of fast cuts, the audience literally can't absorb what you're trying to tell them. So you don't oh, remember the movie. Oh, that makes so much sense. I literally, one of the classes I took um, had, we like we watched like a TED talk about that concept. And that's why they tell you not to let kids under three have like too much screen time or like any screen time. Because the way media is with all the fast cuts, it like, F's their brain up to be taking that in and can actually like increase the rate of ADD and ADHD. So like if you watch like yeah. an educational child program like Mr. Rogers or something, it's usually really long cuts that like their brains can handle. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. Like even adults, you uh, filmmaking is basically the way it the way it's kind of you there's a lot of fast cuts and a lot of like quick shots. They are necessary especially in action films because they they up the pacing right so if it's if a scene is fast you shoot it fast you do a lot of quick cuts in order to get across that momentum right um but the thing about a lot of action films that are coming out nowadays and Lindsay ellis's argument is that this is extremely prevalent in michael bay movies is that there's so many fast cuts that you can't process fully what's coming in and 
it also makes it difficult to process what's important and what's not. Yeah. So if you have constant fast cuts, your brain literally can't figure out what's important and what you're supposed to remember. Yeah. So you don't remember anything. That makes so much sense. Fun facts. That's so crazy. That like gives me like a whole new like view of like the next time I'm watching something, I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to be able to figure out whether or not this sticks with me based on some editing yeah. here. <laughs> and and the thing about Trainee Busan, um, is it Busan or? I, I've just been I saying so. Busan. Okay. Yeah. We're going to go with that. Um, is that it's willing to slow down and do long takes and do close-ups and do like like effective close-ups of like acting yeah you know um it's it's willing to to give you the fast paced and then slow down and give you the more emotional moments right and give weight to certain things right which i think is uh, it's my ear <laughs> um i think it that also like i feel like with action movies people are like afraid of slowing down the action but i feel like train to busan even with taking the liberty to like slow things down and have the emotional moments i think just makes it pack more of a punch overall like yeah. especially because this movie's brutal like two mm-hmm. of the what eight or so characters you're following along with or 10 or however many there are like only two survive <laughs> right and the thing is it's still a fast-paced movie yeah it has its slow down moments but in general the movie is still fast-paced yep so it it just it's it's a very like if you're a film student you should watch this movie it's very effective when it comes to film language and what it's trying to show you mm-hmm. it's a very well made movie uh, but yeah i definitely yes. agree with that i think this is this actually might be my favorite zombie movie i would agree yeah i think so i mean like Shaun of the dead's up there but i think yeah. i prefer train to busan for sure just cuz it's i, I think more serious yeah i just don't think i could watch it too frequently yeah, it's, it's, just, a lot. it's so brutal it's just so much it's just carnage like every, <laughs> everybody dies there's tons of carnage and blood like it's very very mm. depressing like it's it's interesting it's a movie that i feel like and this is something that i think that we talked about with world war z is that zombie movies are uniquely designed to show the best and worst of humanity mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like because you have people doing like self sacrifice through the film, and you have people like defending others and taking their neck out to save others. But at the same time, you have people like who are just god awful, like people, people yeah, <laughs> terrible people, um, or people who get overwhelmed by fear and let, let allow themselves to be uh, influenced by the terrible people, yeah, or terrible person, really, um. So I just, I just, and I just feel like this movie does that the most effectively. Yeah, for sure. I'm showing the best and worst of humanity. As you were saying that, I was like thinking back to Zombieland and I'm like, I don't even think they did that. <laughs> I don't even think they did touch no. on what, Mm-mm. like, I'm like, is it, is it even a zombie movie or is it just a movie with zombies well, in it? It's a, it's a, <laughs> Zombieland is more of a parody of the genre than an actual That's straightforward fair. movie of the genre. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very clearly trying to mess with the genre rather than actually be a full-fledged member of it yeah whereas yeah. trendy Busan is like i'm gonna lead the way for sure let's go <laughs> for sure it's yeah it's definitely it's a fantastic movie i i enjoy it i i i kind of wish i had looked up 
reviews from people who maybe didn't enjoy it because I'm I want I wonder if like the cultural context gets to people because of like there's like this such an emphasis on community and taking care of the group versus the individual and Americans are like huge individualists <laughs> so I'm like I wonder if people don't digest this movie well and I'd be curious to see how that yeah I think that there's also a message that Americans don't take in very well because so like there's that quote that I can't remember exactly about how Americans in particular view themselves as down on their luck millionaires yeah. as opposed oh to actual God. poor people. That's so accurate. <laughs> um, and so in America, we don't really like to criticize the rich. And this movie very distinctly criticized people who, who like rich people. Yeah. Like this sure. movie is, is, it's, it's not really, it's not really subtext. It's pretty textual in terms of how it, views that and i'm wondering if that message also would not resonate too well with american audiences yep or like the general american audience right um i don't know it's but, like something yeah, to reflect on i feel i feel like yeah. you people like more people need to see it i mean yeah it's it's okay so let's looking at the actual numbers of this movie so very low budget <laughs> It had yeah, it had a roughly nine million dollar budget, mm. which in terms of movieville is like very very low. Um, opening weekend, and the thing about being in the U.S. is that like even like the numbers, which is the it's the dash numbers, which is the best resource I found for getting movie box office and everything, mm-hmm. and even they only have the box office information for the U.S. Oh, really? Because we're in the U.S. Then it premiered at the so, Cannes Film Festival, so like that makes sense. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, but like, I wish that we had like a breakdown, kind of like how it did in different sectors. But like, mm. um, we have so we have a opening in the U.S. We have a domestic, a U.S. Um, gross, and then we have a worldwide gross. So, um, opening weekend in the U.S. it made two hundred and eighty-four k. Oh God. Um, and it only made 2.1 million in the U.S., but it made 95 million worldwide total gross. So that's 93 yeah. million dollars internationally, which is the number that I'm really interested in. Is yeah. that international number? Um, but yeah, it didn't. I wouldn't say that it did very well in the U.S. No, definitely not. I mean, the fact that like I don't even know how long it was on Netflix before like we finally found it and we're like, Oh, Hey, there's this movie that like looks good. And I feel like I've heard like whispers of people saying they liked yeah. it, but you never heard anyone raving about it. The only person is cause I went to ITA for an Asian American film class and I had a professor who specializes in Asian American th- film and train to Busan was like on her list of, she was like, mm-hmm. you need to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, so because she's all the up and up of, of, that world she was like yes this movie go and then i was like okay um but yeah so it's it, but it it did it did well for a nine million dollar budget to make 95 million oh, yeah why it was like that's pretty very crazy. very well which i'm assuming is why i got a 16 million dollar budget for the sequel mm-hmm. but it only made 35 million worldwide which to be fair 2020 2020, <laughs> 2020. but also so, and granted, Rotten Tomatoes is a hellscape. This and is true. And it's very accurate for a lot of things. But 
in Rotten Tomatoes, it did significantly less well. Um, the sequel did than compared to the first the one. Original. Mm-hmm. So, like the original was. Let me see. I wrote it down somewhere, but now I can't find it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like in the 70s and and 80s for um critic for Trinity Busan, and then the sequel was only 53% critic and 76% audience. Oh wow. Um so interesting. Let me see. Oh, it was even higher. So, Trinity Busan has a 94% critic rating and an 88% audience score. So, its sequel did not do nearly as well critically and financially. No. Which is really interesting because it is directed by the same person. Right. And it's not. Which it's fascinates me. It's not a direct Did you watch sequel, the trailer? No, no. I totally didn't even like think to watch a trailer. <laughs> it looks very, very different. It looks very classic action thriller. I wonder if that's why it didn't do as well. It's the, I, that's what I'm wondering too. But it look I also look super fucking cool. But um, it's the same director, different co-writer. The director co um, co-wrote the script for both movies, but it's a different co-writer. Okay. Um, on the second movie than on the first. So and just it's they're very vastly different movies. This because like the the um, sequel, which is Trinity Busan presents Peninsula. Is about, um, as far as I can tell, it's four years after the the zombie apocalypse has started, and it's like really going into what the world looks like four years into the, living with the zombie apocalypse. And there's like this, it's like a part heist movie, part survivor movie, part like oh. badass underground wow. fight club movie. Like I don't, I don't fully understand <laughs> yet. I feel like what just it based is, on that you... trailer that it does sound like it like leaned harder into the action and less mm-hmm. less heart than like what the first film had. Yeah. And the trailer, I think, especially emphasizes that. And it's been a while since I watched the original Train to Busan trailer, but I remember it not leaning quite so heavily on the action mm-hmm. bits. But I wouldn't classify Train to Busan as not an action movie in that sense. No, yeah. Because it is fast paced and it does have absolutely terrifying scenes at time oh my god yeah it's brutal fucking everyone dies basically and just like just to rave about it more just the concept they came up with of the whole movie basically being on the train i was Mm -hmm. like this is good shit (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's so it's so fascinating that they're like battling their way through cars and like there's like occasional escapades and like train stations to try to get out but that doesn't go well and it's like back to the train yep i just thought that was fascinating no the premise i think is really fascinating the idea of what you do when you're in a contained environment yeah and that's you're in a contained environment yep um scary shit (laughs) yeah and especially because like and I didn't think about this as I was watching it originally, but the YouTube video I sent you by the guy whose name I should remember, but don't. It's something gaming. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, one of the things he talks about that I just completely is that South Koreans don't really have guns. Yeah. And so it's not like in the U.S. where like there's just fucking guns. There's guns everywhere. <laughs> like you, I guarantee you, like you, you would if you you're on some you're on somewhere. There's gonna be a gun oh, somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Like unless you're on an airplane where they're not allowed. Like. But even then, there's like a, a just, court martial, not court martial, a 
air marshal. What are they called? True. Yeah. Somebody's got Someone's a got a gun yeah. usually, but I actually really liked that component because I found like the more melee style combat a lot more interesting oh. to watch. Like I'm sick of people yeah. blowing everything up and shooting everything. Like it, it gets old. And it's it's also to me it was really interesting for a couple of reasons. The first is that it's a really good example of adrenaline and how it can make you like really push through and then once it's over you're exhausted like the strong guy with the pregnant wife who just like picks the dude up and throws him and slams him on the ceiling and like back on the floor i'm like damn dude oh my god yeah and you can tell he's kind of a strong badass before that i mean he's definitely Um, a beefy man (laughs) for sure (laughs) but it's it's just so interesting of like and then the, you have the quiet moments where they just seem exhausted, which is what adrenaline yeah. does to you. It's not like a, a catch-all where you're just like you run, 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 and then and you're good. You have like adrenaline takes everything out of you. Yeah. So. Oh God, it was a burp stuck in my throat. That's fun. <laughs> Are you good? I'm good. Um, so talking about oh God, it's like in my throat. Talking about that guy, I wanted to talk about just like the characters in general because i feel like they have like for lack of a better word a bunch of unique tropes that like get all of them get interestingly explored like there's not just like someone there to be there they all like all of them have interesting traits and stories to be told yeah like, within the movie and i feel like another interesting thing this youtuber guy broke up is that like our main hero is not necessarily a good guy and he doesn't get the whole action hero thing. Like yeah. it's a while for him to like he has some badass moments, but like he's not the badass of the movie. Right. Um he doesn't even make it to is... the end. No, he dies. Yeah. Which is um so that's uh Sukwu is the main guy. Yeah. My problem was not so much trying to remember how to how to pronounce their names, it's remembering who was named what. Because I wrote they it had down. a lot of S names. I wrote it down. So Sukwu is the main guy. That sounds right. And then um, Sang We is the badass guy. Okay. The only no, the only name I can remember is the daughter, um, Suan. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Song Kiong is the pregnant wife. Yep. Who survives to the end of the movie and is a trooper. I gotta tell you. Oh my god. Um, badass Yusuk, lady. Yeah. Yusuk is the the evil classist guy. Who eventually turns into a zombie. He's a garbo. And then you have the young guy and the young girl who um like star-crossed lovers, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is uh Yungook and Jihee. Jihee? So I I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. I'm so I sorry. Can't, I can't provide I'm you so any sorry. guidance there. <laughs> um But we are yeah, so those those are their their names so but i did i have to write them down especially because like when you're listening to the korean and you don't speak korean the names mumble in with the actual text yeah so it's really hard to pick out sounds of their names yeah um so and yes they are all basically s it's four s's and three y's yeah which i don't know if that's common for korean names to begin with i'm not sure yeah um, when you said that you brought up the CEO guy, the asshole, that made me mm-hmm. think of that, like him turning when he does turn into the zombie. That was another unique thing the movie did was like 
he had a moment where he like reverts back a little bit and like becomes self-aware that he's turning into a zombie and like looking at his own hands i'm like that's the scariest shit right there it's like knowing that you're fucked oh my god and it's it's an interesting moment because i feel like the intention is to both humanize him and not humanize him at the same time Mm -hmm. So they're humanizing him as he's literally turning into a zombie. But at the same time, the movie doesn't forgive him. Right. There's no forgiveness because he's he wants his mommy at the end. Right. Um, which I find to be very interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like reminding you, like... I don't know where I was going with that statement. I'm retracting it. It's kind of okay. like something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's see. Oh, do you remember the moment when they're like, I don't remember if they explicitly said what this is, what was happening, but they're like, people are like dropping in from the sky and it becomes clear they picked random zones to just be areas where they were going to dump zombies in and they were just, they were just going to have to suck it up and all die. <laughs> that was the way I interpreted it. Yeah. Cody interpreted it as people on the airplane, the helicopters were turning into zombies. No, because I think they say something in the movie about moving to quarantine zones and it definitely yes. gives you the impression that, that they like picked people out of the places they were going to save and dumped them somewhere else and they were like they're on their own that was the impression i got as well yeah is that it's because you had the big whole voiceover like there's nothing to worry about don't stress this is just riots yeah which is fascinating as people get eaten on live television it's riots don't worry about it also that that hit a little too close to home too like reliving that part and being like mm-hmm. oh nothing's everything's fine everything's we're just descending good. into a pandemic it's all good <laughs> so yeah i find i find that to be very interesting as well which i know i've said 80 million times. this movie is is just um critically interesting to it me it gives you a lot to think about especially yeah because like when you see it happening and you're like, oh my god, that totally could happen in a zombie apocalypse. And then you're like, is my zone getting saved? Is my zone getting zombies dropped on it? And I'm terrified. Yeah. It's it's a bit like World War Z in that way where the intention is to make you think. Yeah. And World War the Z intention the is y- Yes. World War Z the book. Sorry. <laughs> Which we have an episode about. Yeah. And you should you should listen to it. Um but World War I feel like it's it's very much intellectualizing the zombie the similar way to the world War Z is but like actioning it as well mm-hmm. so it's definitely an action movie at the same time they're intellectualizing zombies and what it would actually look like right yeah For like sure. one of my favorite moments is when all the people in the train car the survivors are protecting the door against the people who aren't actually zombies oh my god and then get eaten by the zombies because they clearly pay attention to that door because the freaking old lady is like I hate all of you yeah <laughs> <And laughs> So it's just, it's, it's one of my favorite moments. And I feel like it's just, it's like terrible and tragic and also hilarious and also accurate. Like you kind of like, you're like, oh, that's so sad. But also at the same time, you're like, yeah, they, they deserve that. (laughs) So I keep saying so. It's our catchphrase, you guys. It is. It's just the way that I talk. (laughs) Finish every sentence with so. There it is. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She got it out. It couldn't not. It couldn't not. Oh my gosh. Um, I was also thinking, going over this, that I feel like since World War Z and Train to Busan, I'm not counting Zombieland Double Tap because that was hot garbage. We haven't actually seen zombie media in a while. I don't think. Like I haven't seen like we haven't seen like a zombie blockbuster come up in a little while. I mean, 
I'm sure they exist. Like, Peninsula exists, and that was 2020. Right, yeah, but, like, nothing has, like, taken the world by storm, and I was just wondering if, like, I wonder if people are over the, like, the zombie craze, or, like, maybe it just got too real. <laughs> I mean, there was Double Tap. Double Tap. I don't want to count that one. It was just bad. I know, but it did exist, and it was a blockbuster. It was? That saddens me. <laughs> I mean, let me, let me, okay. I know that we're not in the Zombieland episode, people, but now I have to look up. We can't. Up. We're we're still enraged. Yes, uh, I'm gonna look up what the numbers were for, yeah, and I'm sorry if you can hear my typing in the background. Okay, so uh, the budget Zombieland 2's budget was um, 48 million. Wow. Its opening weekend made 26, uh, and worldwide it made 122. Domestically, it made $73 million total, total and it That's made 122 great. So it's not amazing, but it still made $122 million. Made money, yeah. So, you know. Besides that one. I, I, I feel like... Like, no new concepts. Is, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, this is this is another thing. It's it's very interesting. I, I hate to bring up Lindsay Ellis again for the second time in this video, but she she's very fascinated in how media changed after 9-11. Yeah. Um, and how are disaster movies specifically changed. And I'm wondering if similar to 9-11, this is not quite on your question, but after the COVID pandemic, if we're going to lose our taste temporarily for these kind of movies. That is, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I feel like that's going to definitely change the way we take in media. Because I feel like we've had some things crop up over the year that, like there was like a pandemic movie and everyone was like, I am sure as fuck not watching that. <laughs> or like yeah. people started watching Contagion people... and they were like, don't, don't no. watch this. <laughs> there are people though who could not stop watching Contagion. It was like one of the most popular movies. Yeah. When the, it's when a, when that itself, it is a good movie. I saw it when it came out um, in theaters and I remember being like, wow, this shit's crazy. I hope that never happens. Yeah. But I feel like in just in general, we go through trends. Yeah. And like, um, movies, and I'm wondering if we've. I think I think that there's definitely. I think that you're right. That I think there's a lull just because there was. I think that there was like an explosion of that kind of films, mm -hmm. and it's kind of died down. But then it's hard to tell because 2020 nothing got released really. Yeah, it's very, very weird year. But it would be interesting to see what's going to happen to our movies post COVID, of like what we're willing as an audience to tolerate. Mm -hmm. And what filmmakers are interested in. Yeah. I think that'll be fascinating. Mm -hmm. Could change the nature of the zombie movie. Just based on like how we really did handle things. Yeah. It'll be very... I don't know. And then, then this year they keep saying like, oh, this is getting released, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... I no, it's not. I know it's not. Stop lying. No, this not. is not. You're just, just stop pretending. Push your, your release date out to December 1st, 2021, and then, <laughs> then I'll believe you. <laughs> Except for WB, which is just moving all of its movies to streaming, and you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. Which is... Was a heavy-duty decision that did not go well with a lot of people. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people. What all is... the theaters, yeah. all the, co the people, who, the production companies who were making AMC, movies with like, WB. crazy pissed. AMC was rip shit. Yeah. yeah. No. Did not go over well. I mean, it's not to... Sorry to derail, but I feel like this is relevant to the state of films right now, but... I feel like it was about to happen anyways. Like our world is changing a lot in terms of like the way we consume things in a digital way. 
and I feel like it's just like it was just bound to happen. So like, might as well try to jump on the train while you still can, and maybe come up with ways to have like movie premieres at home, that kind of thing. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't. I don't agree. I don't think that was the direction we were heading because, especially because, really? like, no, I I think that movie theaters it's going to be a problem when all the movie theaters close because they can't afford to open and they all go bankrupt because there are tons and tons and tons of people mm-hmm. who, I mean, if you, if you think about like Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel and the records it broke and it smashed like Avengers Endgame, and granted these are big blockbuster movies, yeah. but still, you know, they make millions and millions and millions opening weekend. Yeah. And I mean, like speaking personally, I am always there night of Cody and I like my husband and I like the number one thing we used to do together is go to the movies. Like I, there's still the magic of seeing things on the big screen. There's still movie theater popcorn to consider. Like <laughs> I just think in a, in a numbers situation, I think the trend was, I think theaters already weren't doing super well. Like, like I remember going to theaters a lot when I was a kid and it was just like packed crowds, no matter what was out, even if it wasn't like a big blockbuster or had been out for weeks and weeks. And now like, I don't know how many times I've gone to a movie theater and it's like empty unless there's like a Marvel movie coming out. When do you go to the movies though? Well, like, let me, do you let me go, think way back to when we like, were allowed to do things. Do you go early on or do you go later on when there's less crowds? A mix of both. I've definitely done both. And it seems okay. similar. Because I, I just, I, and I feel like movie theaters never would have died completely. I do, I do feel like streaming was hitting them and I don't feel like we should ignore streaming. But I don't, I don't think that movie theaters were just dying. Yeah. That's my. I don't. We're so off train to Busan now. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. This We've is what we do. A, very, very sorry. Yeah, not a rabbit hole of the, the state of theaters. I mean, um, I actually I wasn't a really a big movie goer, and now I'm like I would kill someone to go fucking see a movie. <laughs> yeah, I was I was a huge movie goer. Yeah, that was what we did. We would go to the movies like two to three times a month. Holy hell! Um, that's all so, movies, and that's I know you know. Yeah, well, that was that was what we did and what we enjoyed. Yeah, and there are a lot of people like that, especially people who make their livings off films. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So. What but a yeah. Bummer. Any, any. You have seem to have a list. Anything left on that list for? Because I took on? notes for once. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> I and like, I, I did the numbers for once, we're gonna, and yeah. actually did the facts. We were so prepared, so, guys. Yeah, you you guys, we haven't been like this in a little bit. Yeah, on top of our shit, which is hilarious because other otherwise, I'm like, I'm just gonna go crumble on the floor at the end of this episode. <laughs> my only my only parting thoughts are: I looked at the movie poster and it was really freaking cool, and I liked it a lot. Okay, it was a it was an interesting. I mean, it's like no different than other action movie movie posters, but something about it is just like very well done. You are the the graphic design person, so I can see how that would be That's a fair. thing for you. It's it's a good one. But yeah. Um, I think my final thoughts are really just that it's it's worth watching as an action movie. It's worth watching as an examination of class. It's worth watching as an examination of relationships between people and humanity. And yeah, it's it's just it's worth your time on a million different levels. Like, even if you don't traditionally watch zombie movies or action movies, I would encourage you to still give it a watch. For sure. It's definitely it's, accessible, to feel like, to a lot of people. 
Yeah. But it's got the depth there, too. Yeah. Like, you could really analyze this movie. Um, and it's, like, messages about class and people. It's just, so. a, it's just a good, a, well, a good time, I guess. Just just watching that guy's video it's not again a good time. Was like, I was, like, getting teary again, like, reliving yeah. everything. And I was like, this movie! So good. No. So sad. It's it's a very depressing movie. Yeah. Everybody dies. Yeah. But it's it's still worth your time. For sure. And we apologize for spoiling the entire thing if you haven't seen it already. Yeah, but it's been five years, so, like, figure it out. This is true. Yes. That too. And we didn't spoil the sequel or the prequel because we haven't seen it yet. It's correct. So, Which, you know, But I'm that. definitely going to. Yeah. I'm definitely going to. That's on my list now. That is, that's next for sure. And next week, we're going to probably go back to ranting and raving out of anger because we're doing Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Guys, I'm so fucking angry oh, God. about that shit. You have no idea. <laughs> so that'll be fun. That'll be a, a great way to sign off on January. So, yeah. yeah. Tune in for that, Hellscape. Woo! And then we're going to switch to February's going to be rom, romantic movies and books. We don't know a final like laydown of what it's going to look like, but um, the romance is going to be the trend. Yes. We'll celebrate Valentine's Day in style. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.